hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Father, we worship you. Elimano Zabalia Kadin Zavrodi Napahari Seladom Ranish Kavatini Brahadoria Ali Dumra Askinevedina Breduria Abona Aboriata Nengetis Devet Libro do Rabaski Evadina Inama Sorokotemi Braduj Nafale Braduz Nebrekida Bradinan Kevadina Bredo Bredo Ila Kumbilaile Shinikilivise Ilia Kambena Ilia Bumbailena Savina Rakuri Babuj Nabidi Eketela Sibili Kumbeledij Navalado Rabahas Kedena Lakrobina Azumbredina Makuri Bezelia Bababona Aruvetina Aruvetina Aburia Katabre Memjaki Labrodo Zabrakide Labrodora Azina 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 Redos the Valley Braduj Nepelegra Apelegra Macum Beligatala Legodina Abzoguridis de Vedina Braduj Napala Braduj Napala Braduj Napala Ale Procore Manze Vedina La cumbela laile na gibili aquadena Mantavale, mantavale, mantavale Macuria babuj na badina Le crubia santa la bandia A santa la bandia aquadelia bababuria Levuria bababababa si credena Si credena, si credena Mantevedine merekelo shabadada Zatabade Le cumbiata Levedena, Azuria Bababona, Mantovina, Alocrovina, Melecrodijavala Kidina. My soul doth magnify the Lord. My soul doth magnify the Lord. My spirit will praise his name. Malekubasia Palani. Oh, we give you praise and glory praise and glory nashulehaka ole mezeninga bababureta elenonene ila korobebe zilamanore bababo zevedina arube kilavro bedej na baronde brakistevande aikoma zevrodela Father, we worship you. Father, we worship you. Father, we worship you. 
Yakuma sele vibede. Manduj napala. Manduj napala. Elekro baba zevina. Latombelela. Ili vidi vijele akwadila vradora mama santa. Lekro vedina. Amprobabailena lesumbre esketele ketila vradora babalia revidijna brakurumbre nija kababina hada. We welcome you, mighty God. We welcome you, Yahweh. We welcome you, Lord. Amarikata Amarekiti Ali Hende Masi Ale Kiadaba Debos Yadaba. O God, we join you at this high table. Aman Debosi Alabasi Ikan Debosi Demarebesi Arbadi Kadabasi Yadaba. We have those, O God, who have come ready for this appointment. Abasi and Yamashikata. We have come ready for this appointment, for this time, at this meeting place, O God. Amande ikande ikala, ikande moskiande delis kata, likande bosiande borokosi katala baba baba. O God, we are not distracted. Mabasi bebedi kata. We do not look for many things. Mabadi hedebo sida baraka siketa. But Father, we have come. Lende me sinda na mama mama mama. Rebendi kande kiande kiande kiande. To deal and meet with our God. Abasinde rebe shika. Lande mendi kandama. The Lord that is mighty. The Lord that is good. Mabandi kandama sida. The Lord who created this day, the Lord who created this time, Amande Bida Kadaba, the one whom we have cried to, Mabari Kedebo Siadaba, from the beginning of this consecration journey until now, Mabari Edebe Siada, Lebendi Kata Kata Kata, Rebendi Kata Kata Kata, Lebendi Kelebe Si Aran de Ia Lamandia. Alande Mendia, Alande Mendia, Alande Mendia, Alande Mendia, Alande Mendia, Alande Mendia, Alamadi Kaboski and Devesia Rabababa, Rebedi Kandebosi Devedia Labadaba. Father, we are those that have brought ourselves low. Amandeki and Devesia Raba. We have brought ourselves low before a king that is good, before a God who rules. Before the one who sits on the throne, we have come that we would worship you, God, but not that if we would sing songs. We have come to lift your name. We have we have come, oh God, Abba to proscaneal a God, the God whom we serve, the God whom we know. Amande idaba sindelebedi karakateketia. Lende mendish kandaba siadababa. Mighty King, mighty God. We say you are welcome. Alama shilema. We say you are welcome. Ikendema siandama mama mama. 
we have arranged our lives we have arranged ourselves according to your dealings with us we have set aside this time oh god to hear from you to hear from you therefore our cry as we start as we begin this evening is that god you will find expression find expression find expression find expression find expression Mabadi kanda basi helemendish karabodo kodo 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 rida kata kata find expression mabedi handa masi ende mama 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 come over ibeli kanda basi daba and move freely we have created this place for you amande kianda we indeed move aside and we say God amande kirebe come and find expression. Amari bedeke sindele boski anda mama mama mama. Rebendi kande boski anda mama mama mama. Rebendi kalamande ke sindara badeke. Throughout this consecration journey, O oh Lord, you've been teaching us to return. You've been teaching us about positioning. Amari bedeke sindele boski kata balikita. Rebendi kata kata kata. Bababasi. As we begin, Amarebo Shinda Marida, Amaribidia de Siandeli Katakatakata, we position ourselves as those who are ready. And Maribaba Elimendi Katakata, In Maria Katekatikata, Id Boroko Sindebedi, Ala Araba, Alaba, 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 Holy One. Holy One, we know you are here. Holy One, we know you are here. Abbas in the Makaida, Rebendish Katamadi, we bow before you. Holy One, we bow before you. Holy One, Abash Kinda Aletika, we bow before you. Unto the eternal one, the Alpha and the Omega, Amadi Kandebo, unto the ancient of days, Alaba Sidebo Sikata, we bring ourselves low before you and we bow Akandi Edebesia. Akandi Ebedesia, Akandi Ebedesia, Orbadi Kandama Sierra, for it is at this state that you speak. It is at this position 
that we hear you. Amande ikhandama siyandamama. Rebendish kata. Rebendish kata. Rebendish kata. Rebendish kata. Rebendish kata. Orbadi helebo si alabandi karabadi kata. Orbondo kosi andema mama 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 mama. Rebendi da da ba 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 ba. Riande de ba 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 ba. Linde boroko si andeme shiaba. As you call for this assembly, we yield, O God. Amande kiyandama. We are positioned. Abandi andama. Under subjection to your will and your person this evening. Maba sidebe siande kiaraba linde boroko siende barakandi hedebo siande ba wherever you may be whether you are at your house wherever you are watching this I want to encourage you to take a posture of honor to take a posture of worship alamandi katalabatike liande boroko siande mama as the ones who are bowed as ones who have arranged themselves. Who have arranged their lives according to who, what as God is calling for us as a house in this season. I urge you not to be distracted, but I urge you to sit and take a position. Yes, 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 Al 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 for it is unto you who are able that we bring glory, honor, power, and dominion. Let your name be exalted over earth and over sky. Let that name be lifted high in my life be glorified in our house be glorified in this generation through our living temples lord be glorified thank you for all that you have done these past 14 years Thank you for unspeakable acts of your glory. Thank you for opening doors, changing lives, shifting destinies, reconfiguring a generation, and giving us the grace to play our part. Thank you for eternal, eternal, eternal results in your glory mentovrida brakuria palare 
Zimre dujna vrakine vromon jevedina bahali. And Lord, this weekend as we gather to pray, as we gather around the feast of your word, as we do all things to the glory of your name. Inhabit our praise. Receive our worship. Be glorified by the giving of our thanks. Share inheritance. Share inheritance this weekend. Speak a proceeding word that moves us out of this phase into the next individually and corporately for it is unto your precious name that we return the glory in the precious name of Jesus somebody somewhere clap your hands oh you people and if you would even though we're on YouTube for those of you who are gathering clusters Shout unto God with a voice of triumph. Father, we lift your name on high. Hallelujah. 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 Welcome everybody to night one or the 14th year anniversary celebration of kingdom culture movement we're so excited to have you especially for those of you on tonight uh while this is open to everybody uh tonight i'll be addressing and speaking primarily the people who are in some way shape or form connected to this house so your worker your levite you're a partner your covenant partner with us uh, you are part of the apostolic hubs like prayer culture, uh, the Reformers Alliance. In, in essence, in one shape or form, you have some direct or indirect connection with Kingdom Culture. If we get the keys down just a little bit, that'd be great. We want to say thank you for 14 years of amazing impact for the Kingdom of God. Hallelujah. Uh, the theme or a theme of this entire weekend will be thanksgiving. We're going to be thanking God with our hearts, with our words, with our actions. We're going to be focusing on all that he has done. We're sure he has a lot to do. If you're supposed to get the keys down a bit, that'd be great. We're sure he has a lot to do. We're going to be focusing specifically in what he has done because in my opinion he's worthy of praise all right before we go into our word tonight um we're going to go into a a time well a time of worship we're going to be listening to a worship set by uh a man i love a lot both ministerially and personally i've got a very soft spot for him very protective over him his name is the minister Theophilus Sunday. We're going to be listening to worship set by him titled Until My Only Gaze Is You. And on the other side of that, you will hear my voice again. A 
apologies tonight you will not be seeing my face i'll explain why you wouldn't be seeing my face but you'll be hearing my voice on the other side of until my only gaze is you by minister theophilus sunday
For the flutter of angel wings thank you for the current of your glory thank you for the assurance that where two or three are gathered together in your name there you are amongst us and so tonight we say take your rightful place be enthroned upon our praise be enthroned upon our worship we bless you we magnify you in the awesome name of your son Jesus somebody somewhere give the Lord one more shout of praise thank you Holy Spirit all right everybody you are welcome night one of the 14th year anniversary weekend celebration of kingdom culture movement isn't god good um he sure is he sure is you know i have the honor of being the first ever member of Kingdom Culture Movement, uh, I'm more proud, quote unquote proud. I don't mean arrogant, but I'm. I feel more honored by my title as the first ever member of Kingdom Culture Movement than my title as its human overseer and leader. Uh, again, if the keys could come down a little bit, that'd be great. It's been an amazing journey. 
um, God's been good to us, far better to us than we could be to ourselves. I remember this uh, vision began at my mother's dining table in the year 2000, 2001. And the Lord spoke to me. I had no idea it was going to be called Kingdom Culture Movement. I had no idea at the time it was going to involve any kind of church plant. I've said this several times in the past. At that time of my life, my dream was to be uh, an itinerant preacher. Like I said it before, um, I thought I was going to be some cross between... Benny Hinn and John Brevere that was my quote and unquote um, plan at the time <laughs> God tricked me and I'm glad he did um, and I look through the years a few years about when we were nine no when we were seven we did, a, we did a, a look through our records at the time. We've lost many of them now, sadly, due to a data accident. And we noticed that we had passed several, multiple thousands. I think at the time about 2,000 people. No, sorry, 4,000 people, sorry, going on five through our doors. People who had been at one point or the other uh, an attendant at a Sunday service. Sunday not a service not a conference sorry just a Sunday service uh, at one of our church families in the United Kingdom at that time and we look back at the people God has raised and empowered and in many occasions sent out into the kingdom who are doing great things for him we look back at documented miracles that he's done people who had a health condition that he healed uh, people who came in buck wild and loose and he turned their lives around and made them men and women of greatness Abba we say thank you we look at the territorial victories he has wrought through us us cities and regions that were difficult for the kingdom and have now been made soft. We look at other ministries that have sprung up from those who have either come from our house or have understudied our house for a season and the amazing work that they're doing around the world. But above all, as a shepherd, as a head of household, uh, I'm ex I'm especially excited. Oh, thank you, Jesus. I am especially excited that there is a community of men and women in multiple cities around the world who genuinely demonstrate the culture of the kingdom. That is my greatest joy. That is my greatest sense of divine accomplishment in His grace and by His grace. That there are men and women who love Jesus more than anything else. and Who practice that love on a daily basis in their lives. 
who interact with God, with each other, and with the world around them as ambassadors and disciples of the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, let me say this, um, and just for the record, if you're watching this from uh, one of our one of our quote unquote uh, children or spiritual children's ministries. Um, I've tried to have this conversation. I've not been able to reach out to some of them in the last couple of weeks. We've had different schedule issues. Um, and there's a danger I'm seeing going on in the body of Christ. I know it is meant well. And I know some of the people with whom this is involved. And I know that they would rather die than dishonor Jesus. I, they're men and women of honor, men and women of, of the kingdom. They love God and they serve him selflessly. But I, it's a bit dangerous when we market the fact that we are disciples of a man. Please, I, I want to hear you guys hear me loud and clear. I don't want the day to ever come where anybody ever publicly brands themselves as a disciple of Israel Illumides Yahweh. Does that make sense? Uh, we are all disciples of Jesus. He is the North Star. He is the head honcho. He is the big man on campus. He is the one we all point to. And one of my joys in this house is that we breed disciples of Jesus. We breed men and women who are selfless, who want no glory, sometimes want nothing to do with a, you know, with a platform. In all my years of ministry, I've never seen a group of people who are equally so gifted and anointed and yet so, af not afraid, but so, uh, what's the word I'm looking for now? so uneager to take a public platform and be seen and that is a testament to the fact that their primary agenda is that jesus be glorified Alrighty, so tonight i'm not going to be taking too much of your time i told you i'd explain so i'm right now i'm coming to you from the city of lagos uh i initially was supposed to be with our uk family for the physical celebration this weekend uh we kind of discerned in the spirit that god would not have us or have me travel uh and i'm glad we did discern that because in between when we made that decision and now some of you know that i have not been physically too well um if you notice that the the devotions during the consecration journey stopped halfway it's because i was recovering from about of extreme physical uh, stress and exhaustion my fault i know i need to learn to slow down i'm re realizing that i'm six months older than i used to be <laughs> if you get what i mean uh, so i'm coming to you from lagos but that beautiful woman on your screen dr Jockey, is in the united kingdom she's there live and direct uh the servant of god is going to be with you guys tomorrow if you see on the screen for eight hours of prayer from 10 a.m to 6 p.m gmt uh, she's going to be there she's going to be ministering and then again she's going to be ministering at our sunday celebration at the general assembly at 1 p.m gmt uh trust me i sent you my best and i literally mean that dr joker is my favorite preacher favorite minister in the whole wide world 
I know there's a bunch of people who don't believe women should minister and preach. I haven't got the time to legislate that tonight. This woman does preach. She's anointed by God. She does it under the authority of God as her savior, or Jesus as her savior, and also under the authority and in submission to her husband, myself, who is her pastor. Uh, and I release her wholeheartedly. She does it without usurping authority. She's one of the best there is in the world at it. And I just marvel at the wisdom and the grace that the Lord pours forth through her lips. So you shouldn't miss me. But you got me tonight. Uh, and I'm not going to keep you too long tonight. Like it says on the screen, tonight is primarily for people who are connected to our house. If you stumbled across this video, don't go anywhere. There's nothing we're going to say that's private. Just that the direction of it is going to be worded for co-laborers. If you consider yourself a family friend of the house, you're part of a covenant ministry or a ministry in covenant with us, you're welcome. If you consider yourself a financial partner, a prayer partner, or just one who has been blessed by this house over the years, we would love you to stay with us tonight. And even if you are not connected in this way, but are in some way or form to another ministry, still listen because what you pick up tonight will greatly benefit your home church or ministry. Uh, tonight we're dealing with laborers. Amen. Somebody say laborers. All right, Lord. All right. Lord, anoint my lips. Pour forth your grace and your counsel. Let Jesus be glorified in Jesus' name. Amen. Um, now, you know that I'm not given to talking about this all the time. Um, but while we were praying tonight and worshiping, the Lord opened my eyes to see that I had a visitor. So I'm actually recording this from uh, our house here in Lagos. Uh, and while we're worshiping, an unseen entity walked into the room. Again, we're talking to laborers, so if this sounds strange to anybody, forgive us. And by unseen entity, I literally mean an angel. And I'm not flaky, I'm not one of those prophets who believes that there's an angel or demon of any rock. I do believe in the angelic. It is a very clear biblical principle. And I believe that if you, like I have been privileged to in the last four or five years, are blessed with a spiritual gift called the discerning of spirits that you are from time to time empowered by the holy spirit to discern the presence and or activity of angelic emissaries and so there's one actually standing here in the room right now i can't see him now but i discerned him when he came in for a few seconds um and i began to ask the lord you know what's this about is this a summons? Is this a message? Um, I'm not in a physical room, but we've seen God heal virtually online in our services in the past. We've seen him give prophetic insight. And so I thought, is this one of those moments? And the answer was very simple. And as exciting as it is simple, it is a changing of the guard. And this emissary has been assigned to your house in this season. Those are personal sites that I'll keep to myself, but let me deal with the house side. Has been assigned to your house in this season 
as a sign of an upgraded level of assignment and jurisdiction. And I was excited to hear that because what I had planned to share with you tonight and I will be sharing with you deals with the fact that there is about to be an upgraded level of assignment and jurisdiction. And that the Lord would see it fit. And I would not be surprised if this angelic emissary has been around for a little while. But tonight was the first time the Holy Spirit gave me access to discern His presence and activity. And the explanation was, there is an upgrade in assignment and activity. And that upgrade is being paired or emphasized by an upgrade in angelic covering and detachment. Thank you, Jesus. All right, open your Bibles with me tonight. We give you praise. Open your Bibles tonight. Thank you, Lord. Tonight we're in the book of Deuteronomy. Deuteronomy chapter 2. If you're there, type, I am there. And if you're not there, say, wait for me. Deuteronomy chapter 2. And we're going to go from verse 1 in the Berean Study Bible. Let's see if I can get this up on the screen, shall we? Deuteronomy chapter 2. From verse 1. Let me see. Let me share my screen. Bernadette, Martha, Amanda, Esther, Callister, Dr. Adjoke. I miss my girlfriend. Can't wait to get her back. You'll be good to her while she's there, all right? Or else. Namunji, Jamila, who else is here? Calm, relax. We're super excited to have you as well. Deuteronomy chapter 2. By the way, let me know you can hear me loud and clear. Um, the Bible says, Then we turned back and headed for the wilderness by the way of the Red Sea, as the Lord had instructed me. And for many days, we wandered around Mount Seir, At this time, which time? At the time after which we had wandered for many days around Mount Seir, we turned back and headed for the wilderness by the way of the Red Sea. The Lord said unto me, you have been wandering around this hill country long enough. 
turn to the north and command the people you will pass through the territory of your brothers the descendants of Esau who live in Seir they will be afraid of you so you must be very careful do not now he tells them you know don't don't engage them in war I've not planned to give you their land then in verse 7 he says indeed the Lord God has blessed you in all the works of your hands he has watched over your journey through this vast wilderness. Oh, just realized you can't see my screen. Sorry. Uh, let's see. How do we sort this out? Um, hmm. There we go. Verse 7, Indeed, the Lord your God has blessed you in all the works of your hands. He has watched over all your journey through this vast wilderness. The Lord your God has been with you these 40 years. And you have lacked nothing. Mm. He's been with you these 40 years and you have lacked nothing now let's go to verse 24 arise set out across the Arnon Valley see I have delivered into your hand Sihon the Amorite king of Heshbon and his land begin to take possession of it and engage him in battle begin to take possession of it and engage him in battle verse 25 this very day i will begin to put the dread and fear of you upon all the nations under heaven they will hear the reports of you and tremble in anguish because of you now let's look at this in the king james version i told you the night would not be long where preaching is concerned deuteronomy chapter 2 now let's look at this in the king james version from verse 1 and again i told you still recovering health-wise so pardon me i might not be able to quote unquote drive the energy as much as you would be accustomed to but the lord will take authority by his word in the whisper and the shout then we turned and took our journey into the wilderness by the way of the red sea as the lord had spoken unto me and we compassed mount seir many days now let me take a step or let me stop for a second here and explain mount seir is the land of what the bible calls the edomites or the descendants of esau stay with me now mount seir is a name for the geographical region in which the edomites or the descendants of esau lived the bible refers to esau as a profane person who sold his birthright for a mess of pottage uh, scripture says 
Esau I hated, Jacob have I loved. Of course, I've taught this before, that the statement while the election of Jacob as the uh, the progenitor of the Messiah, while the, the decision to make Jacob the one who would inherit the patriarchal blessing and sire the lineage of Christ, that decision was made before either of the boys were born. That's, that's, that was a decision of election, yes. But the statement, Esau have I hated, Jacob have I loved, was made long after they died. This was made thousands of years after they had lived and they died. So while God chose Jacob as the, the, the recipient of the blessing before either boy had breathed a drop of air or, or an atom of air, the statement, the decision to say that he loved one and hated the other was made after they had lived out their lives and had died and had given an account or had lived long enough for there to be a reckoning of account concerning the life they led. In essence, God is saying, I was happy with Jacob and I was upset or frustrated with Esau. Not because Jacob was perfect, we see Jacob is a man of many flaws, but because predominantly Jacob was a man who valued the things of God. He was willing to trick his brother out of the blessing the birthright because he valued things of the spirit listen to me and he was also willing to risk a curse uh by by pretending to be esau because he also value valued sorry the patriarchal uh inheritance spiritually in essence god is saying one of these twins was a man who was very very laissez-faire with the things of the spirit he was not particularly concerned he a grown man ate breakfast worked all day in the field came back at the time of dinner amen and could not wait to get into his tent uh, we know by this time that esau was already married if you read your bible esau was already married by this point not only was he married his mother lived in the family clan as well if esau was prepared to wait an extra 15 10 maybe 20 minutes at the worst he could have had any meal he so desired but he he thought so little of that spiritual technology or currency that he was prepared he was prepared to throw it away for one bowl of bean stew lentil stew beans one bowl cowpea one bowl one bowl and then we also see that this was a man who did not value in essence after Jacob had stolen the blessing, the Bible then tells us that Esau now realized that his parents were not happy with the fact that he married uh, 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 a woman who had no covenant with God. Or a woman who was, I can take that back, because it wasn't just that she had no covenant with God, because he then went and married somebody who still didn't have a covenant with God, but that she came specifically from a uh, 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 an affiliation that was fetish, idolatrous and morally on morally on on what's what i'm looking for now morally on unfit or morally out of alignment with the will of god and these were the women the wives he married and so after he saw that jacob received that blessing he then decides to take a wife that he believes his father would spiritually approve of not primarily because he knows it's the right thing to do but because he wants to curry favor with his father so this is a man who for a season of his life consistently made decisions 
that were grounded in carnality and not in spirituality, which is what as I choose one and I hate the other. If you then go with me, let's go real quick to the book of, mm, thank you, Holy Spirit. Uh, the book of, I've had a bit of a brain f- uh, freeze here. Uh, Lord have mercy. Um, help me, Holy Spirit. What's this scripture again? My brain is literally locked for a second. I told you I wasn't feeling too great. Uh, Obadiah, Obadiah chapter one. Sorry, I just had a very, very uh, short brain short circuit there. Um, this not so young man is dreaming of a nice, long, restful sleep tonight. Obadiah chapter one, and I believe we're going to verse 16 or 17. Uh, actually, let's start from let's start from verse. Let's see now. Let's start from verse six. Obadiah chapter one, verse six. How are the things of Esau searched out? How are his hidden things? sought up all the men of your confederacy have brought thee even to the border Obadiah chapter 1 the men that were at peace with you have deceived you and prevailed against you that they may eat the bread and they that eat thy bread have laid a wound under thee there is none on this uh, there is none understanding him now look at eight shall I not in that day says the Lord even destroy the wise men out of Edom now these are the descendants of Esau and understanding out of the mount of Esau, this is Mount Seir, and thy mighty men, O Teman, shall be dismayed to the end that every one of the mount of Esau, again, Mount Seir, may be cut off by slaughter. Verse 10, for thy violence against thy brother Jacob, shame shall cover thee. What violence? Come to that in a second. And thou shalt be cut off forever. In the day that thou stoodest on the other side, in the day that the strangers carried away his forces and foreigners entered into his gates and cast lots upon Jerusalem, even thou was as one of them. So God is rebuking Esau now and his descendants for their uh, complicitness or at best, Lays a fair attitude while others were plundering the descendants of Jacob. That's the, the, the context of this passage. But now let's jump to verse 17. So this is a prophecy of God to the Israelites. He's first of all addressed the men of Edom for the, either their confederacy against Israel with other nations, or at best, depends on how you interpret it based on the history, uh, or at best their refusal to assist uh, in their time of trouble. In verse 7 he then says, Upon Mount Zion shall be deliverance. Many of us know the scripture. Now, I started out ministry my early days uh, in, in, in Holy Spirit-inspired ministry where as a deliverance minister, so this was one of my favorite uh, my favorite passages, and there shall be holiness 
So number one, deliverance. Number two, holiness. And number three, the house of Jacob shall possess their possessions. Now, you don't possess something that you currently possess. You don't say, I will possess something if it's currently my possession. In essence, to tell me that I will possess something means it is not currently my, or there will be a time when it will not be my possession. It may be my possession now, but in between now you're talking, or in between now, sorry, and the time of which you are talking, there will at least be a space, a window of time in which I will not be in possession of the thing that I am being told I will possess. Somebody say amen in the comment if you're with me. All right. Now, secondly, the Bible calls it their possessions. So if I will someday possess my possessions, it means it is possible in the mind of God for there to be something that by heaven's economy is assigned to me that is not currently under my practical and realistic jurisdiction and control. I'll give you an example. Ajoke Israeli Siave was my wife, I believe, in the mind of God from the foundations of the world. A day came where I married my wife. Now, you can make the argument she was always my wife, but I was not married to her. And so because I was not married to her, I did not get the benefit of being in a marital relationship with her, even though she was mine. She'd been betrothed to me. Her family had assented to the fact that she was going to marry me. I had been promised by her parents that all I had to do was wait a little bit longer than I wanted. You know, I, I was keen to, I mean, left to me, I'd have gotten married two and a half years before I did. But I was told, relax, young man, just calm down. You know, let, let's work through some things. And I remember her dad telling me, don't worry, she's your wife as far as we're concerned. We've, we've, we've given it to you. We acknowledge, you know, she's been, in essence, no one else is going to have her hand. She's effectively your wife as far as we are concerned, but you don't get to possess your possession, quote unquote. I'm not in any way, shape or form uh, uh, suggesting that a wife is a possession. You don't get to take delivery of your beloved until such a time. And so God tells Israel, upon Mount Zion shall be deliverance and there shall be holiness and the house of Jacob shall possess their possessions and the house of Jacob shall be a fire and the house of Joseph a flame and the house of Esau, this is Mount Seir now, Edom, shall be for what? For stubble and they shall kindle in them and devour them and there shall not be anything remaining of the house of Esau. In essence, God is drawing a distinction between the house of Jacob and the house of Esau. And just as they were in their physical lifetimes, the distinction seems to be that one house is a house of the spirit and the other house is a house of the flesh. One house is a house of alignment and consecration and the other is a house of carnality, misalignment and wanton waywardness from the will, plan and way of God. Good preaching, Rev, but where are you going with this? I'm glad you asked. It is this Mount Seir that the Bible says Israel in Obadiah, no, 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 this is, sorry, this is Deuteronomy chapter 2, not Obadiah chapter 2. This is Deuteronomy chapter 2. It is this same 
um, Mount Seir, this same geographical place of Esau's house, that the Bible says they compassed many days. Many days. And in verse 2, the Bible says, the Lord spoke unto them, saying, you have come past this mountain. Which mountain? The Mount of Seir. The place of carnality. The place of, 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 of a lack of priority for things of the Spirit. A place where decisions are made on expediency. Where decisions are made based on what I can get now. I've come back from the field. I'm hungry. Who cares about my birthright? I'm just going to sell it for a bowl of stew now. God says you've come past this place long enough. Turn to the north. Turn to the what? To the north. And as you pass through, do not attempt
Okay. Am I back? Am I back? I didn't realize that the sound was gone, so I'm not sure what the last thing you heard me say was. Um, am I back? Let me know in the comment section. I think I'm back. But I was talking about the place of Thanksgiving and about what happened. So did you hear me talk about what happened at Morning Drops of Glory this morning? Just let me know how far back this happened. Um, and we're talking about the place of Thanksgiving now. So 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 18. 1 Thessalonians 5, in fact, 1 Thessalonians period is a, man, uh, is a manual on Christian living, practical Christian living. So from verse, I give it down from verse 15. It says, don't render evil for evil, but follow that which is good amongst yourself and to all men. It's a mantle, a mantra I try to live by. You do me evil. I try not to reciprocate in kind. Verse 16, rejoice evermore. Verse 17, pray without season. These are all instructions on manuals for Christian living. Uh, and verse 18, it says, in everything, give thanks. In everything. Someone say, in everything. In everything, give thanks. Now, notice this doesn't say for everything. It says, in everything, give thanks. In everything, give thanks. In essence, whatever the circumstance that you find yourself in, give thanks. Why? This is the will of God. In Christ Jesus concerning you. This is the will of God. This is the will of God. Are you listening? This is the will of God. What's God's will? Give thanks. What's God's will? I don't know what the will of God is. I can tell you exactly what the will of God is right now in your life. It is that you give thanks. <laughs> Why is it the will of God that you give thanks? The reason it's the will of God that you give thanks is what we can see back here in Deuteronomy chapter 2. Let's go back there. Again, I hope you can hear me. Uh, this is a bit of a makeshift broadcast setup tonight. This is why you give thanks. Because God had to remind Israel when it was time to leave circling Seir that he had blessed them in all the works of their hands. He had been with them and they had lacked nothing. This was 40 years after they set out from Egypt. Now, if I was if I was an Israelite, I'd tell God, I don't feel very blessed right now and I'd be wrong. But Lord, we left Egypt 40 years ago. It should have been a 12-day journey. An entire generation has died. Korah, Dathan, and Abiram have been swallowed up. The plague has come. 
Nobody over 20 who came out was allowed to go in. We've been circling round and round. And God says, are you aware that while you were circling Edom, while you were fixing your carnality, while you were preparing for my inheritance for you, you may have missed it, kingdom culture, but I was blessing you. And my presence was with you. And you lacked nothing. In essence, one of the ways you know that you are ready to leave Edom is that your eyesight in the spirit has been consecrated to where you see what God has done in the middle of a wilderness. Now, why were they forced to spend 40 years in the wilderness? Because of unbelief and ingratitude. Remember that what had kept them stuck for 40 years and an entire generation died out was God saying, y'all ain't ready to enter the promised land because all you see are problems, all you see are giants, all you see are things to whine about, Excuse me, all you see are things to complain about. God says, you're not entering that land like this. Now, many of us don't think of ingratitude or, or of a problem prism as carnality, but it is. When we hear carnality, we think fornication, adultery, uh, financial impropriety, cussing, swearing. Oh, and these are carnal. Yes, they are. Uh, uh, making decisions based on, on what you want. None of God's are true. But one of the definitions of carnality by scripture is unbelief and or ingratitude. God says, get out of this place now. Now you can move forward. And oh, by the way, now that you're ready to move forward, if you take stock kingdom culture, the Lord is saying to us prophetically tonight, you will see that there is an awful lot to be grateful for, both on a personal and on a corporate level. Somebody say, hmm. He's blessed the works of your hands. He's watched over your journey. Even in the wilderness, even in the seasons where it looked like you were God forgotten, he's saying, or God forsaken, I was watching over you. Listen, the Lord your God has been with you. Now, how do you get stuck in the wilderness for 40 years and God is with you? That, that would violate most of our theologies. The Lord has been with you. He's been with you even in the wilderness, even round and round the mulberry bush, even in the seasons of lack of progress from your perspective the lord your god has what been with you and you have lacked nothing hold up god we didn't have meat we ate manna for 40 years god says you lack nothing we had to live in tents we didn't we, we, we couldn't build houses or permanent you lack nothing god's definition of lack and your definition are two different things are you hearing me somebody When God says you lack nothing, he doesn't mean you had access to everything you could want. 
it means he made provision for everything you needed. In essence, whatever you didn't have from God's perspective was irrelevant to his purpose and destiny for you. I remember preaching this years ago. When God, it's about 2009, I think, or eight, I preached this for the first time. That God told me, he said, see, son, when you go through a flood like Noah, everything that you need to recreate your world, I put in it. When you came out of the ark, whatever you were mourning about the absence of was irrelevant to me. If it was needed in the new world, I would have made sure I instructed you to take it into the ark. God says, you lacked nothing. Who am I talking to tonight? The Lord says to tell you, son, daughter, right now, you lack nothing. You may want some things, but you lack nothing. Tell your neighbor for me. Tell them the fact that you want it doesn't mean you lack it. You may want notoriety, but God says you lack nothing. You may want attention. God says you lack nothing. You may want for copious amounts of cash. But God says, you, in essence, everything that is required, like Second Peter tells us, for life and godliness, whatever is pertinent to the will of God for your life, whatever is pertinent to the will of God for our house, he made sure was available, hear me, even in the wilderness. Who am I talking to tonight? He made sure was available in the wilderness. Now you can leave Mount Seir. Now you're ready to step into the promised land. You're ready to stop circling cycles of, 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 of con carnality and misalignment. And one of the primary reasons is you are now able to discern and affirm every good thing that God has done in you and through you and for you. Kingdom culture, are you hearing me tonight, somebody? God is saying it's time to step into our inheritance. But first, I want you to affirm. Not what you lack in your mind or what you want. Not what you don't have. Not what you wish you had. Not what looks shiny on the other side of the tracks. I want you to look in the mirror. Shavadi. And this starts from the top all the way down. Reverend Israel Olimidei the Lord is saying to you, I want you to look around you and see that there is an amazing tribe of men and women that I have given to you who love me. I'm telling you what God was saying to me this past week. They love me. They love you. They are passionate for the kingdom. They don't want to be seen. And God began to show me and say, see, are you aware that most ministers on the planet would kill for the team that I've put around you? Men and women of great capacity, unyielding conviction, the ability to survive difficult spiritual terrain. Who can be bought by a bowl of stew from the enemy. 
men and women who've been with you and would go with you to the ends of the earth and back. Some of them would even lay down their life for you. But more importantly, would do it for me. Me meaning God, Jesus. Look at the fact that through thick and thin, COVID and no COVID, whatever the, whatever the season of each city house has been, these are the people who have over like the Macedonian church, over and above their natural capacity, been amazing stewards of the financial gift of God. And there has never been a time you lacked resource to do anything I instructed you to do. And the same goes for the rest of us. God is saying, kingdom culture, as you step in, Oh, the sound is lost again. Okay. Um, can somebody be kind enough to let me know what the last thing you heard me say was? I had no idea when the sound was gone again. Let's go. Can someone let me know what the last thing you heard me say was? Just type it in the comment section what the last thing you heard me say was. Because I might have been talking for a minute. Um, you know me. Uh, I literally talk for a living. So what's the last thing that you heard me say? Anyway, let me, let me carry on speaking. I'm sure if I jumped anything, someone will let me know. And so, like I said, I like to, oh, I'm a student of, of church history. Let's put it that way. 
I'm also a student of different flavors of the church. Uh, I have been part of most mainline expressions of the body of Christ in our generation. Uh, in my early years, my mother and I attended an Anglican church. In the United Kingdom, we'd call it the Church of England. Around the rest of the world, it's called the Anglican Communion. So we attended an Anglican church. And then we then moved into a traditional Pentecostal church, um, then to a charismatic church. When I was in secondary school in boarding house, I was... I and the rest of my fellow boarding students uh, were required to attend on a weekly basis a Catholic church. Uh, I have t my father-in-law uh, is a part of the Methodist Church of Nigeria. I've been part of Methodist Church uh, services for periods of time before. Presbyterian, Baptist, uh, Calvinist, Armenian, Reformed theologian reformed uh, theology, um, you name it. And as I have, as I've gotten older, now I was born into ministry in the Pentecostal evangelical charismatic tradition. Um, that was my, my ordination into ministry uh, was in this, vein of the kingdom and so there were things that i just took for granted as self-evident for instance speaking in tongues self-evident uh praying for the sick self-evident believing in the gift of the spirit being in operation today in essence i am a proud continuing continuationist not a cessationist uh self-evident um women being permitted to minister in the church self-evident these are the things I just assumed. I was born into a world and I did not question that world. But as I began to grow and interact with people from other traditions, um, Calvinists, for instance, I love them. There's things about Calvinism I disagree with, but um, if, 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 anyway, let me not go there. I don't have time to, to deal with that issue. Um, but let's just put it this way. I would trust the faith of the average Calvinist or Armenian or Reformed theology uh, uh, tradition, tradition member over the faith of the average Pentecostal, charismatic, evangelical of my day. Because I began to realize that this thing we call ministry is a cesspool many times of Edomites and Mount Seir. That there is so much carnality, so much nonsense, so much rowdiness that gives the Lord a bad name that we propagate in the name of evangelical, charismatic or Pentecostalism in the name of being enlightened and with access to the presence of God and the spirit of God and the power of God, that, that the church in our day has been circling Edom for so long. And unlike God told those 
of Israel in that day, they have drunk, eaten, and intermingled with the culture of Edom. With the culture of convenient, self-focused Christianity. Now, do I believe in the gift of the Spirit? You bet I do. You bet I do. Do I believe in the principle of seed faith? You bet I do. Do I believe in new creation realities? A thousand times yes. But these are neutral principles that are either properly carried out or twisted in the hands of a Jacobite or an Edomite. In essence, in the church's journey from Egypt to Canaan, in the circumnavigation of the mountain of Seir, whether it's for an individual or it's for a family or it's for a spiritual tribe, house, church, or ministry, we find out after a while whether you were circling Edom or shall I say whether you pass through Edom or whether Edom is passing through you. And the Lord began to show me prophetically, that there is a generation he has been, or a remnant in our generation, I should say, that he has been preserving from the corruption of Edom. And that one of the ways he has been preserving this remnant is by the blessing of obscurity. And like I said, the last six, seven months of my life, Ever since I left the United Kingdom, when I stopped the quorum temporarily, I have not been studying about altars and the spirit realm and prayer and fasting and all these wonderful things. I've been studying the history of the church from the first century till now, I've been re—I've been restudying the patterns and the cycles and the, the the theological constructs and the errors and the excesses of different strands of the body of Christ. And these things always repeat themselves in cycles. Am I talking to somebody here tonight? Stick with me. I'm about to land this ship. And the fact that God always seems to like to save a group of prophets from the bowel of their day by hiding them in the cave of that man Obadiah. And that many times the things we point at and complain about in a season of our lives are the very things God has used to preserve the purity of his dealing with us. Like he says, I've been with you and you have lacked 
nothing. And one of the proof that I was with you was that I kept you from what you wanted long enough for you to see the peril in what you wanted. I've been saying this for years in prophetic outbreaks both in public forums like the quorum like Sunday services but also in private prayer meetings that a wind of exposure was coming to the body of Christ. I've been saying this for a while haven't I? I said this last year the starting 2024 we begin to see the judgment of God in both exposure and punishment. We begin to see that and and hear me that many of the people we have wanted to be like or shall I say wanted what they had let me not finish that sentence i'm having to apply the principle of shem and japheth with noah more and more because i see that many of those who i love and honor having wobbling on their bike for quite a long time it doesn't undo what they stood for and what god brought through them i don't laugh and tell the story i got to walk backwards with a garment and cover but i'm aware that noah is naked and that in the middle of this is a people that a remnant that god has been dealing with pruning consecrating laying on the demands of alignment waiting for such a time to unveil to say now take your journey north why because jesus said the prince of this world cometh and finds nothing in me in essence when the season of destiny fully arrives there will be a contention and your only hope of winning is that there is nothing in you that bears witness with what you say you've come to fight you can't be the fire that burns edom according to obadiah chapter 1 if you have allowed edom stain you while you are circling it you don't qualify to lead the charge against a spirit if you're in bed with that spirit kingdom culture i told you tonight my primary focus was on committed laborers everybody else is welcome to listen but there is a call to arms in the spirit and that call to arms goes beyond our church beyond our ministry beyond our apostolic hubs it is a global call to arms but we are part of those who are answering that call and god is saying those who circled edom but did not settle inside answer the call and now we're about to see why much of what we would have desired we did not want or lack i should say because if we sought first the kingdom all those things will be added but now they can be added 
in a manner and at a time in which they will not be the focus or an idol. Are you hearing me, somebody? Is somebody hearing me tonight? Shikalabarundes kiyavani. And then on the back of this, a few verses down. In verse 24. Remember, he starts by saying, you circle long enough, now move. Then he begins to tell the story of what happened before they got there. History is doomed to be repeated by those who ignore it. You don't know history, you most likely will repeat it. In verse 24, he then says, Arise, set out, out of where? Out of encamping around Seir, cross the Arnon Valley. See, I have delivered into your hands Sihon the Amorite, king of Hezbon, and his land. Begin to take possession of now. Remember, I have given it to you. Remember, over there, chapter one, the house of Jacob will possess their possession. It's saying here, I have delivered into your hand, it's yours. Now begin to take possession and engage him in battle why could israel not go past excuse me mount seer before because they were not yet ready to engage sihon in battle sihon was a descendant of the nephilim sihon was one of those kings who was horribly tall and large he was a canaanite warrior from a people of immorality, fetishness, and carnality. And God says, you can't possess what I've given to you because there is a strong man God in it. And your only legal, in essence, what secures you victory in that conflict is not the size of your army. It is your righteousness in me. And the fact that you have been purged from the thing. Remember in, 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 in the wilderness, Israel kept jumping into bed with false gods of the nations. Balaam taught Balak how to put a stumbling block before them. They kept mingling and whoring after other gods, the Bible would say. And God says, now that you are ready, now you can take on this guy. I gave him, I gave you his land in advance. King Paul, to hear me. I gave you his land in advance, the Lord says. It already belongs to you. Now begin to take possession and engage him in battle. Another day I'll show you how Moses disobeyed the instruction. God told them to engage him in battle. 
But Moses was like, man, these guys are too strong. So he sent messages of the peace offering. Let's pass through your land and we won't take, take anything. Verse 30 says, but Sihon would not let us pass through. For the Lord your God made his spirit stubborn and obstinate. Why? Because he wanted to deliver him into your hand. So what you try to pacify, what you try to make a deal with, what you try to avoid conflict with, God says, nah, baby, we're going to fight this thing because I don't just want you to pass through this time. I want you to take possession. He says, see, I have begun to deliver Sihon and his land over to you. Now begin to conquer and possess his land. The same God who said, don't touch, don't touch Mount Seir. God says, don't engage with carnality, but I want you to engage with evil and satanism. And by engage, I mean I want you to break its jaw. I've given you cities. I've given you nations. I've given you campuses. I've given you industries. King Mother, hear me by the sound, or hear the sound of my voice by the Spirit of the Lord upon me tonight. I've given you territory. Now that you have left the place of carnality, now that you understand that it's not worth it to get into an endless conflict with your brother or your sister because there is a higher call. Now that you understand, I'm talking about carnality now, now that you understand why you cannot do certain things, now that, you're, now that the will of God being done is far more important than your ego in certain circumstances. Now, begin to possess it now wage war from the place of consecration wage war from the place of alignment wage war from the place of prioritizing the dealings of God tonight I want us to open our mouth and begin to declare that every sea horn is about to fall Declare that we now take our journey north from the mountain of Seir, from the land of the Edomites. That we make our move with purity and integrity. That we refuse to compromise. We refuse to turn stones into bread. That we refuse, we refuse, we refuse. Tell the Lord tonight. That as we have in time past, we refuse le crume, to follow the path of convenience. We refuse to be anything else than primarily your children and your servants. That we refuse to make decisions based on our flesh, decisions based on carnality, decisions based on ego and hubris and desire. Mantovradila That we understand the time has come to move north. For there is a Sihon in every city, a Sihon in every nation, a Sihon in every industry, a Sihon in every system of society. And now we are ready, willing and able to take delivery of all that the Lord has ordained for us. 
zekwane bredush kabare man sevando ilevro shne kidbai zebredu riababros tavani elikrote stefanin kopona breloj nebre karika yuz nevante vinikuribra aduj naprana le predeske vetina kroningrebedish tell the lord tonight rekobroroj nabrahindia sedini ile krovini masoria bari ajena ala kumbredena ile bredina Ile bredina ngoveto rava ash kevedina. We give you glory. We give you praise. And so, Father, tonight we say thank you as we stand on the door of the set time, the appointed time, the prophesied time. Purge us from all Edom. We've been camping around this mountain, but purge us from its stench, purge us from its essence, that we may take our journey north in the fullness of surrender and alignment to you. We may acknowledge in thanks every good thing that you have done and begin to contend for what you have assigned to us in victory till Sihon falls. We give you thanks, we give you praise, and we give you glory. In the name of your son, Yeshua, we pray. Now somebody somewhere, clap your hands, oh you people, and shout unto God with a voice of triumph. Give him praise and glory. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. To God be the glory, great things he has done. If you look on your screen, you will see the schedule for this weekend. We've just done Friday. Tomorrow, from 10 a.m. UK time, that will be 11 p.m. West African time. The forge begins eight hours of prayer. We will cross into this new season by the altar of intercession on sunday at 1 p.m uk time we will have the general assembly our sunday celebration service both tomorrow and on sunday dr ajoke will be ministering in addition to some of our leaders tomorrow at the forge i wish i could be there but i'll see you in may in march sorry you uk i'm coming through in march um, you'll see the dates on social media and on our mailing list very soon. We're trying to see if we can put together a general assembly then as well to bring everybody together again. Uh, and moving forward for the rest of the year, you'll see Dr. Jacquet and or myself a lot more frequently. We love you. We miss you. We're grateful for you. Thank you to everybody who stood with us in this transition in prayer and calling, checking, financially. God is doing an amazing work here in Nigeria. You have no idea. And you are a significant part of it. And we love you for it. As we close tonight, uh, we encourage you to be a part of what God is doing in our house from a financial perspective. 
the details are on your screen please if you are giving in any other currency but naira send it to the hsbc account only send to the nigerian account if your money already exists in naira even if you're giving from nigeria if you're giving the foreign currency please do it to the uk account uh, the economic dynamics of the nation mean that it is a lot more valuable to us that way whether you're giving a tithe or an offering or just a one-off gift or celebration for the 14th anniversary the lord look upon your seed and bless it and multiply it and grant you the blessing the scripture says of a thousand times more looking forward to praying with you virtually tomorrow and stepping into this 15th year of promise with you as we sign out let's do it as we came in with until my only gaze is you by minister Theophilus Sunday
Until I'm 